Good. All right. More urgency. We're in a theme called More and More this year, and More Urgency is our series right now. And you're like, urgent about what? Well, that's good. I'm explaining that. Well, the first two weeks, part one, part two, was urgent about God's Word, right? I'm desperate for God's Word. Are you desperate for God's Word? Okay, that was a little, uh, thank you. That was a little undesperate, if we're just going to be honest in our Minnesotan way. Maybe that was desperate for you, actually. Mm. Yes, I'm desperate for the Word of God. I want to eat it. You know, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found and I ate them. They became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am known by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah 15, 16. If you don't have a favorite verse, that might should be yours. Ah, I want this word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, we spent two weeks on that from Psalm 19. And where were we at last week? We had to be in Mark 1 through 7, right? I got it narrowed down to like seven choices. Get your fingers out. Mark 4, right? The parable of the sower. And the seed that he sows is the word of God, right? Desperate for more of that. We went over the soils of our heart. And how is your heart? Did you check that this week? Hopefully you didn't come back with the same heart you had. If you had a hard heart, hopefully you came back with something different this week. Healthy heart. If you had a half heart, hopefully you come back with something different, right? If you had a hollow heart, hopefully you come back with something different. Because God's in the business of changing and transforming our heart. How does he do that? Through his word for sure. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But he does it through power. Have you been reading Mark with me? Do you see the power? And Jesus went and he cast out this demon. And Jesus went and he healed this person. And Jesus went and he baffled that person with just saying something. There's power with Jesus. There's authority with Jesus. So today, I'm desperate for more of God's power. Amen? In my life. Point to whose life you're... You're like, do I point to you? No, in your life! Right? I'm desperate for more of God's power in my life, and I'm desperate for more in your life, too, because it builds up our church life. All right. So God's in the business of transforming and changing you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will change you, right, as you submit to Him. So I want you to turn to Mark chapter twenty, or chapter 24. Yeah, we didn't read that, and it doesn't exist. Mark chapter 12. Getting a little ahead of myself. So when I haven't had enough sleep, I get a little dyslexic. And so I read uh, 24, which is the verse, instead of the chapter. Mark 12, verse 24. When you're there, say you're there. All right, good. Well, I'm almost there. Mark 12, 24. We're going to put it on the screen as well. Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, I have it highlighted in green in my Bible because it challenges me. Is this not the reason you are wrong? Anybody ever told you you're wrong? Do you like it? No. Do you think the Sadducees liked being told they were wrong? No. Were they wrong? Sure were. Are there times when you're wrong? Sure are. <laughs> this is informative. Here's why you're wrong. Because you know neither the Scriptures, isn't that what we studied the last two weeks? I love how God just lines us all up. He's like, 
Yes, scriptures. Thanks, you've been on that. And I read this this weekend, nor the power of God. You know what we're going to spend the next two weeks on? The power of God. Resurrection power. Jesus said to them, is this not the reason you are wrong? If what you're believing were not true, would you want to know? There was an old book I read, you know, Share Jesus Without Fear. And the guy would always, he, this was the question. If what you're believing were not true, would you want to know? And I think most Christians are like, no, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm comfortable. Tradition. That's like the Sadducees and the Pharisees in the New Testament. But the disciples were always like, I don't get it. What are you saying, Jesus? Could you help me? And I will help you, right? He sent the Holy Spirit to help you navigate these things. So together, let's study the Word and let's see the power of God in the Scriptures, but in our own lives, right? God is interested in your heart and your soul. Heart last week, soul this week. I'm going to just say it this way. Soul power, right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for soul power. You're not looking for like, uh, you know, some like external, emotional, thinking power. Well, I'm really smart. David, you're really smart. It's not in your thinking power, right? Right? There's other people that have other gifts. It's not in your superpower that you think you have in your natural ability. This is soul power, okay? Not the power of your strength, Abe. Not the power of your thought, David. Not the power of your desire, Steve. Right? I'm a passionate guy. It's not the power of passion. What is it? Soul power. All right, so look at Mark chapter 8. We're going to look at some various passages, but look at Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Mark 8, verse 34. You're going to bounce around a little bit. I got this verse on the screen as well. Mark 8, 34. Here's what it says. And calling the crowd to himself. So not just his disciples now. With his disciples also, right? He said to them, if anyone. Are you included in anyone? Yes, praise the Lord. This is for you. If anyone would come after me. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to apprentice under Jesus? Like, I want to. Like, I literally want to be an apprentice of Jesus. I want him to tell me what to do, how to do it, and I'm in. I might stumble. I might make a few wrong cuts. I might wire things differently and blow a circuit at times. But I want to apprentice under Jesus. And he'll lovingly correct me. I see it in the Scriptures. If anyone would come after me, you want to follow me? Okay, let him, this is how you have soul power, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is the opposite of what you expect me to say when it comes to power. Except me to say, well, read this book. Read, read this clever book that will teach you like better life skills. Leadership is not the answer for today. The Holy Spirit, God Almighty, is the answer for today. He's the one going to bring revival, not good leadership, right? In 10 years of church, I've been an okay leader, right? But we've tried to unleash the power of God every week. I guarantee you that. God, show us your glory again. Show us your glory. Soul power 
is, one, deny myself, two, take up my cross, and three, follow Jesus. Right? That's what soul power looks like. Now, i got to keep going because I have a couple passages I want you to see. So look at it this way, okay? It's, it's, it's not about religion, man trying to get to God or trying to transform himself. I'll be better. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's resurrection power, okay? So I've said it's soul power. Now I'm saying it's resurrection power. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. But it's God is willing and ready to like transform your life. He wants to take your broken life. It'll still be broken. But he wants to shape that. And he wants to make it beautiful. Do you have brokenness? Do you have scars? I was telling somebody yesterday, um, every once in a while I'll meet a young lady. And if you look at her arm, there'll be all these cuts. Because... They just got into cutting. Guys have other habits. I don't want to get too gross. So let's just, you know, I'll stop right there. But they cut themselves. Right? And then you can see it's healed, right? You could see it's not bleeding anymore. It's healed. But it left scars. Right? That's how I am. <laughs> That's how my life is. I'm broken. The skin was broken, right? I bled. Sometimes for this church I bled. You know, I feel like, it's like, well, that's like Jesus. Okay, good. This is good things, right? But you broke the skin, and then it healed. But you still walk around with the scars, right? Jesus still has. He's like, hey, touch this, Thomas. Here you go, you know. So we're broken still. We're broken. And he's in the business of making us beautifully broken, right? He's making us beautiful. All right. Soul power, power of God. I'm desperate for more of God's power. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want to feel it here today. So I'm going to pray for it. And I'm going to give you just three quick things, okay? All right. Let me pray for it. Holy Spirit, please open our eyes and ears to Jesus' power, resurrection power. Bring that power to bear in our lives, in our hearts, in our souls today. Transform our thinking, our lives, as you did the disciples in Jesus' day. Holy Spirit, please transform me like Jesus talked to his disciples. Please. Transform us, our hearts, our souls, our lives today, and every day from here on out as we surrender to you and to the power of the resurrection of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. All right. So, I'm desperate for more of God's power, and I need the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher Jesus came, uh, gave, to teach me these three things. One, I need to teach me faith. Right? I've been going on record as saying, you know, you have a pipe, Right? to your heart, and unbelief pinches God off. When you don't have faith, it just squeezes that, and it's like, why, why is he not moving in my life? Why? God, we get angry at God. God, why aren't you doing things in my life? I don't think it's him. All right? Take the clamp off. 
and, and let the flow go, right? And that's faith. The Holy Spirit teach me, teach us faith where there is unbelief. And I think one of the things, and I, I don't have time to unpack all of this for you, but I think one of the things you need to do this week is you need to be like, where do I have unbelief in my heart? Where am I not believing God? Where am I not believing the best? Where am I not believing? Where am I like questioning? Where am I doubting? You'll know. Like, I don't know, man. Is this a good job? Should I get a different job? Like, you know, you're like, well, I don't know, man. Like, it, my wife, you know, should I, should I get a different wife? Like, man, that was deep end of the pool. Job, wife. Like, you're, you're like, just trying to say it. Like, I don't feel that way, by the way. I'm not trying to get a new job. I, I love my wife. She's in children's right now, training other people how to, how to serve the Lord. Isn't that sweet? That's awesome. Now, that makes me, like, excited to see her later. Like, I'm just like, yeah, honey, how'd it go? You have to identify, you have to listen to the voice of God when he's like, that's not of me. I don't feel that way about you. I don't think that way about you. I would never say that to you. That's self or Satan. That's unbelief. That's doubt. I'm never going to give you a thought of doubt. I'm never going to cause you to doubt. Holy Spirit, please teach me faith. Teach me how to identify unbelief. Teach me how to identify doubt. Teach me how to like put it away and to believe. We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? More faith, more powerful, life-changing faith, a supernatural trust in the power of God. Okay, I want you to see it from verse 23 and 24 in chapter 9. You didn't know you were preaching my message this morning, Kristen, but you were. And I was like, oh, well, she's stealing my thunder. Oh, there she goes. She's doing it again. It's awesome. All right? It's not my thunder. It's God's. So praise the Lord that we both got the same thing this week. Verse 23 says, And Jesus said to them, If you can, really? <laughs> I just add that part. Really? All things are possible for one who believes. Do you believe that? That's the word of God. That's Jesus. That's in red. All things are possible for the one who believes. What? The word of God. I just leave you with that verse to blow up your day. <laughs> Immediately, the father of the child cried out. What is that? When you cry out, what, what, what's that? I'm desperate! My kid's going to die! This demon is wrenching his body. Immediately, the father cried out in desperation. That's, the, that's what I'm saying. I'm desperate for more of your power. And he said, I believe! Help my unbelief! That's what I'm asking you to do this week. I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent to guide you, help me with my unbelief. I want to believe. I do believe. Can you help me with this unbelief problem, this doubt problem? And he will. And he'll transform you from the inside out, and it'll be awesome. Your prayer life will increase. Trust me, there's so much more I could say here, but I'm going to keep moving. Okay. Number two, Holy Spirit, teach me. Notice I'm not saying give me, right? 
We kind of have this church idea like God just drops packages on people. Like, here God, just drop faith on me. Faith is a gift. It's also a choice. Right? This next one, humility, is a gift, but it's also a choice. Number two, humility. Spirit, teach me humility where there is pride. I want more humility in my life. Powerful, life-changing humility. A supernatural surrender, a yielding to the power of God. Look at chapter 10. We're just taking a walk through Scripture, right? Going through the New Testament. Look at chapter 10, verse 42. 10, verse 42. See it? And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. He paints a good picture, doesn't he? People who are in authority act like it. Leaders think they deserve something because they lead. Jesus is like, that's upside down. Or my, my kingdom's upside down from that. Either way you want to look at it, it's 180 different. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your... Did he just say servant? He did. That wasn't a great term for them. And whoever would be first among you, who wants to be first? Who's competitive in the room? Come on now. Yeah, like the competitive people usually just go like this. We must not have that many competitive people because they were like, I don't know, do I raise my hand? It's like, you bunch of introverts, I don't know. That's why. Hey, good, good, you're practicing. But I'm telling you, man, I'm competitive and God's knocked that out of me lovingly over the years. Praise the Lord. And now it's not about competing, right? It's not about competing. I'm not sure Jesus ever competed his whole entire life. I don't see it. But he loved people. He was humble. And he said, better to serve, right? And you'll be exalted to leadership, servant leadership. Better to be last when you eat when you come, better to be last because the last will be first. I have an upside down kingdom. It's different than this world's culture. So much more I could say there, but let me just say this. Verse 45, for even the Son of Man, God himself came not to be served, but to serve. The one who created the universe, who could have said, you all bow, didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. For you, for me. He died for us. That's resurrection power. And the way he died was humbly. He didn't die kicking and screaming. He didn't die, I'm God, I made you. He didn't do that. He just died humbly. Just flat out awesome. I want to be more like that. Holy Spirit, teach me to be humble where there's pride. And if you don't think there's pride in your life, be careful lest you fall because it's there. And uh, just uncovering it day by day is the best thing we can do. And the Holy Spirit's the agent to do that. All right, number three, 
generosity. Holy Spirit, teach me, teach us, our church, generosity where there is greed. Now, this is the hardest one to handle because I'm not a very, I need to be done. I set an alarm just so we would have our participation time. Did you like that? All right, now i got to wrap up quick. All right, good. Just trying to be on time. All right. Generosity, right? So I don't really think I struggle with greed until I struggle with greed. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, man, how many times? Oh, man. Okay, chapter 12. Look at it real quick. There's so much I could say about this. But chapter 12, verse 30, 41. I'm just going to read it for you. you. You can get the clue. Hopefully you read it, but you can get the clue. And he sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Now, I do not do that. I don't even recommend that. I'm not sure why Jesus did that, but he did. Many rich people put in large sums. We, we'll never know what you give. You're giving online. Like, you know, like, I don't know if it's five zeros or one zero. You know, it's whatever. There, they were putting it in an offering box. It almost gives the, uh, uh, the, the opinion or the, it gives you the assumption that they were like, you know, that's, that's, it just gives you, if you just read it, you're like, oh, they, they were pomp and circumstance. And a poor widow came, put in two copper coins, which make a penny. What I love is that our country is so proud we don't even have two coins to make a penny. And we're pretty sure we're going to get rid of the penny too. Which is weird. Okay, anyway, keep going. There's just a lot of arrogance among us, and I hope we see it. And, and he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Listen, verily, verily, truly, I say to you, this poor widow, how did he know she was poor? Well, he's God. But they weren't like correcting him, which they were prone to do. No, God, she's not poor. Look at her. Get up. It was obvious she was poor. Maybe she had bad clothes on. But I don't know. It was obvious she was poor. Nobody was refuting it. And the disciples were good at refuting Christ. Trust me has put in, what's our word for the year? More. He's put in more. <laughs> you want to know? Okay, upside down kingdom time. We want more and more this, this year, right? So the way to get more and more is to give more and more of yourself to God. I'm just telling you. You want more power this year? With more and more. God, just give me more and more. More and more of yourself to him. Right? Whether it's financially or in service, your time, your talents, your treasure, your testimony, whatever. Give more and more to him. All right, now. <laughs> she has put in more than all those who were contributing to the offering box. Two, two coins? For they all contributed out of their abundance. That's us. It's like, 
we get this check every month for like $1,000 because we have kids from the government. It just came. Didn't ask for it. Don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Thought about not cashing it, and I was like, that's kind of dumb. I don't know. We can use it God's money. But it's called abundance. Right? That's what abundance is. When you get a check for $1,000 in the mail, and you're like, what? what is this? I didn't even hear about this. I didn't watch the news. That's called abundance. When it rains checks in your mailbox. That's weird. So I can give $100 to tithe on that. Woo! A lot of money. That's just what God asked for. Right? He just asked for a portion back of what he gives us. That's all he asked. Right? So they gave out of their abundance. I'm just trying to give you the picture here in real time, right? So it's not just, oh, yeah, that was cool 2,000 years ago. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. All she had to live on. What a great example. That's the kind of generosity. Generosity that hurts, right? Generosity that's sacrificial. Generosity where there is greed. More generosity. Powerful, life-changing generosity. A supernatural sacrifice for the glory of God. There's a warning. I read it today. I think it was today. Oh, no, it wasn't today. Yesterday. It says, Beware of the scribes, just across the page, verse 38. And his in his teaching he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces, and they have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor and feast, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They receive the greater condemnation. I don't know why God brought that to mind. That's more about pride, isn't it? Maybe somebody just needed to hear the pride thing again. Maybe I needed to hear that again. Thank you, Lord. More faith. Teach me faith. More humility. Teach me humility. More generosity. Teach me generosity, Lord. Because we need to put off these other things, right? I've spoken the truth in love. I think it, now it's, it's time to practice, right? You go home and you practice. Capturing doubt when you hear it. Capturing unbelief when you hear it. In your own life. And you can help others, but make sure you help yourself. <laughs> you practice these things. We come to hear, we learn, we grow. And then we go home and we practice these things. Put off some things, put on some things. More and more like Christ. Right? All right. Let me pray. Father God, we're so grateful for your word. It is quick. It is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. It divides. It hurts. It stings a little bit today um, because pride is a part of everybody's life. And it also, um, greed is a part of everybody's life. 
Unbelief is a part of everybody's life. And God, we just, honestly, we just need more of you. We need your Holy Spirit to teach us everything that you said, Jesus, while you're here, and the things that you didn't have time to say. Things that you said, well, he'll, t- he'll tell you what I was going to say. And we need you to do that even now in this church service in the next 15 minutes. We pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.